Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller of Heller Wealth Management. Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's good to be back with you. Um, I hear we're talking about kind of a serious topic today. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, divorce and retirement. Divorce and retirement at the mm -hmm. same time? Kind of, you know, kind of some of the things you have to do if you're getting divorced later in life and mm -hmm. what that means, how can that affect your retirement, what you can do about it. So, uh, so yeah, mm. that that is something that's important. Yeah, well, from my thought process, and obviously you're the pro and that's why we're doing this. I look at it as like, it's going to kind of double everything that you have to purchase, right? Because now you're going to need double the vehicles, maybe depending on how many vehicles you originally had, you have to have two places to live. And so that cuts down cuts the retirement kind of in half. Is that what you see? Uh, yeah, it could. And also can make you have to work longer. And so getting divorced later in life can do that. Of course, you may have more enough assets for both to be able to do that. But how is how does your retirement going to look after divorce? So and also some of the steps you can do when you're looking at this, when you're even negotiating or going through the divorce process. But uh, so we're going to talk about a little bit about all the different items that you need to be okay. concerned about some obviously, if, even if you aren't getting divorced later in life, younger life, you still need to address that. But we're going to we're going to address some of the topics that are also better as or more important as you get closer to that retirement age. Okay. And so what is that term? Uh, silver separation? I think that the term is really gray divorce. Gray that, divorce. Okay. I haven't heard silver separation. I like that one. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that could be a new one. Silver separation. Okay. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll just term that. I have a couple others in my mind. I'm not going to say out loud just in case we get in trouble. I don't want to get fired. So, all right. So where do we start today? So, well, well, the first thing is what we've found for most couples that whether you're, you know, getting divorced or not, that one spouse for the most part is the financial spouse and the other one, it's not not to say that both spouses don't have some financial acumen, but uh, one really takes more control over the investments and some of the situations. So, uh, so depending upon if you're the financial spouse or the non-financial spouse, uh, could mean whether you need some more help and mm -hmm. going through all these items, especially some of the non-financial spouse. Now, I'm not going to say that non-financial spouse means the female in the in that case, because we've have a few stay-at-home dads that we we have as clients, and they're the non-financial spouses. So, uh, okay. so it works both ways. So uh, it really, it really is the non-financial spouse just needs to get themselves educated a little bit more on some of the things that are going on and be more involved in really figuring out how that's going to impact their retirement. Are you saying, when you say non-financial, are you leaning more toward um, somebody that hasn't worked outside of the home as much as the other, or are we talking about somebody who hasn't been involved in the investments, finances, and things like that? Right. Now I'm not talking about working. I'm talking about the person okay. who hasn't been involved in the investments, the finances, the decisions that have to be made. So one kind of takes the lead on that, but, it, but both could be working. Correct. Yeah. 
Got it. All right. And that, I mean, that's how it is in my family. I mean, quite honestly, um, and I think that's most families, one person's usually a little bit better at it. My wife does all the online bill paying and all that stuff. Now mm -hmm. we have our passwords and things. I mean, we've, we've talked about this on this show before, making sure that you have security and making sure that both spouses know where the passwords are in case something were to happen. Um, but in this situation, I mean, that makes a lot of sense is that you got to get somebody up to speed because if I had to do everything on my own, heaven forbid, my wife left me. <laughs> Or or left me whether by death or by whatever, it would definitely be something. I, it'd be a learning curve for me. Yeah, you know, some couples they don't work with a financial planner or a financial advisor, so one person is kind of mapped out their or their budget, their uh, retirement plan, their cash flow, um, and it's kind of left it up to them. The other one is doing other things that are important that make a marriage marriage work. So they may not know anything about that. So, uh, so now what do you do about that? And what are the steps that you need to need to take? So we're not going to just talk about all the things we've talked about some of this on our previous podcasts about divorce, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the financials and the, and how that affects the retirement and some of the things you need to talk about with that. All right. Well, Teach me. I'm ready. Okay. Let's start <laughs> with the first one. And you kind of mentioned something a little bit before this, that there are double costs. Well, you, the biggest double cost that is going to be your housing costs. You know, now you're in one place, one housing cost. Now there's going to be two. So does, what does that mean? When, what can you afford? Are you going to be able to afford the same type of house and the expenses now when there is only one income or one of you left or half the assets left after a divorce, or you're going to need to downsize and go to something else. So really the first thing is trying to figure out what those housing costs are going to be and, and also where, where to live. I mean, there are some non-financial issues as you're closing in retirement. Are you going to want to stay where you are now? You're going to want to move to a different location, to a different state? Are you going to want to stay someplace now, but then retire somewhere else? So trying to figure those out and trying to figure out what those costs are, because the housing costs are a significant part, is going to have a major impact on the retirement plan. Yeah. I can imagine there's a, a pretty emotional toll when it comes to the housing piece of it. When you're talking about maybe kids and grandkids specifically, right? Because if kids are thinking that mom and dad are going to keep the house they grew up in forever and you know they're always going to be able to go back and visit on Thanksgiving and stuff like that, well, one spouse probably can't handle that house or they're, it's very large and it's just too much or it's going to be too expensive. Yeah, and also one may be able to handle it, but, but because the cost of the house has gone yeah. probably up so much over the years in order to do a settlement – they need to sell the house yeah. to split the split the assets. So it may not even be an option, even if one wanted to stay in the house. So obviously it depends. Is, is, is Do you have grown-up children? Do you have children still in, in school that are going to want to stay there for a while? And therefore you're going to have certain housing costs now and then different housing costs afterwards. But you're right. There's also the, emo there's the emotional in impact too. And that takes sometimes a little little getting over. I can speak from uh, personal uh, experience. So, uh, so the house and where you're going to go and what you're going to do definitely has a major impact. What about investments when it comes to, because you, really this is the title of this is divorce after 50, right? So that's another 15 years of working, maybe 12 years of working. What about investments when it comes to like 401ks and, and, and 
things that are tied to people's jobs. How does that work? Yeah, well, again, I mean, every divorce is every divorce is different, and what how how it gets split and how it, it does. But yeah, if if you're splitting everything 50-50, now you've just cut your investments in half, and your expenses may not go down in half because you've have some shared expenses. So yeah, looking looking into that and figuring that out, and then really getting a handle on your investments and. What is the right investment mix? What is the right asset allocation? What is what are the investments that you're left with? What are the cost basis in these investments that you're left with when it comes to divorce? Deciding there are sometimes we've seen in certain instances you're splitting assets and they may be the same dollar amount, but one has a lower cost basis. So what that means is when you go to sell it, you're going to pay more in taxes. So you want to be cognizant about, about that. So, uh, so yeah, knowing the investments and knowing which investments and had to split that up. And of course, obviously a lot of matrimonial attorneys will be, uh, attuned in on that and be able to help you with that. All right, Larry, I know I kind of sidetracked this a little bit because that was just on my brain, the whole investment in 401k working part of it. And I'm sure we'll talk about income here in a little bit too, but when it comes to living expenses, what else do we really need to know? I mean, we've already talked about, it's kind of doubling it a bit, but what else? Yeah, again, it, it, it may be double it may be doubling it, but just really figuring out what your expenses are going to be because yeah, jumping ahead of your income, now we've got to you gotta combine a lot of different things. So and are you the spouse that's receiving income? So if you're receiving income, now you're getting some type of spousal pay, payment. So you're getting some income. Okay. Are you working and you're getting some income from there? But now what are your expenses? So are you going to be able to save money in the next 15 or maybe, or maybe not? So you really need to get a handle on what you're going to be doing on the flip side. If you're the spouse that's paying spousal support, now you have an additional expense on top of your living expenses. And now you may have the only income that's coming through. So again, here you you really want to know what what your expenses are, what your income is going to be, to see how much you're going to save, and that'll give you an idea. To are you on track for retirement? Mm-hmm. So knowing your housing expenses, knowing your living expenses, knowing what your income is, and again, for the non-financial spouses, could be all brand new to 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 them. So uh, so those are all steps that is going to be critical to figure out not only now, but then in retirement. So you know how long your money will last and how much you have to save. What is that? What is that pot of money? We just we were working with a client and it was a contentious divorce and he just wanted to get it settled. So we ran numbers for him and based upon what is soon to be ex-wife was asking and he didn't want to go to litigation. He didn't want to go to court. So he said, well, if it works and I can still retire a couple of years after I planned on doing, I'd rather give in and just get it done and be done with it rather than go to court. So Mm -hmm. when we were able to run the numbers for him, he says, you know what? I can live with this. It's not the same thing, but it's still going to work for me. And Boom. But we had to have good numbers. You had to have good yeah. expense numbers. You had to have good income numbers to really rely on that to see if the retirement plan is going to work. So let me ask you this. Is there a, a different type of tax burden that someone will face if they are 
whether they're making spousal payments or receiving spousal payments. I I, I know we're going to talk about taxes in a minute. I, I suppose that oh, I can only assume that they're going to be in a higher tax bracket because now they're single, right? I mean, they're, they're not married, so it's going to be a single tax bracket, which is completely different. But what about when, when it, in regards to spousal payments? Yeah, so spousal payments, so the federal law changed two years ago. So spousal payments are no longer taxable income for the spouse receiving oh. them. And for the spouse paying them, they no longer get a deduction. Federal-wise, state-wise, that could be different. New York uh. State still recognizes it as income and as a deduction. So know, you know the rules along those lines. But you're right about the single taxpayer. Now, both spouses are, were working, and now they're earning less yes, maybe they're in a higher tax bracket because they don't get the advantage of the marriage uh, the marriage tax rate. So yeah, you want to know what your taxes are going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that, well, that really changes everything, <laughs> right? I mean, obviously uh, your life changes, but. Yeah, I was going to say the divorce kind of changes everything, but <laughs> yeah. yes. So yeah. this change, this could change, change everything, you know, short of being, you know, Bill Gates or yeah. and, and that type of wealth income that's not going to change anything or Bezos and those divorces. Mm. Yeah. But for the average person, yeah, it's going to, it's going to change. It's going to change things. And you, you want to you know, prepare it. You want to be able to game plan for it. So you want to figure out, mm, do I have to work a little bit longer? Do I have to live somewhere else? Do I have to reduce my expenses or am I be able going to be able to maintain my same lifestyle? For both spouses, yeah, uh, and knowing those things make it a little bit easier if you can do that and know it from a financial standpoint. You talked about investments earlier when I asked you about four hundred one ks and different things like that, but I know that there is cost basis. You, I think you even mentioned that in the investment part of it. But what about like collectibles? Because when you start to divorce and you have to split everything, what if there's a collection involved? Does some of that need to be sold as far as value wise? Or well, it, it doesn't work? have to be sold. It could be, you know, one could get one, another spouse can get the other, whether it's of equal value or not, or, or just enjoyment value. So everything is up for, everything is up for negotiations and everything is up for discussion, but everything should be put into to your agreement. So there's no misunderstandings, yeah. uh, whether it's a collectible of course, now things could get a little bit more complicated by cryptocurrency. Oh, by, geez, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so you got cryptocurrency now. You've got these. Um, uh, oh, I forget what it's called. There's something else that, that NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> those things. You, I, don't even, I don't even know what exactly. those things. are. They're pictures. Exactly. That's all I know, Larry. <laughs> so, so you have that, and then you you have even valuations. So, how do you value a business? How do you value a property? Do you have mm. to get appraisals for all them? So, uh, so yes. So, going through all that and figuring all those things out is usually done, and during the divorce side. And I'm, I'm assuming that property is going to be very similar with capital gains issues um, if they have yep. a vacation property or whatever. Absolutely. So we, so it gets complicated from both just the separation and from a tax yeah. standpoint. So you want to have somebody working together. Again, there is some matrimonial attorneys that will work, that will suggest they hire us because it gets real complicated on the tax side. Some matrimonial attorneys end up doing it themselves, figure out what's what's right. Others hire forensic specialists. So 
really depends upon how complicated and what the size of the net worth is to determine yeah. the best solution for each party. All right. I want to fast forward a little bit, but before I do, is there anything else that, that we need to know about taxes or investments in this situation? No, nothing about taxes. I'll, I'll kind of step ahead and, you know, and talk about something else. And that's, you know, social security. That's exactly how, where I wanted to fast forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And how, and how that works and what do you, what do you get for social security? So, you know, if you married 10 years, you're eligible for your, for your ex-spouse's social security. You don't have to worry about where that person is or what the, what they're making and tracking them down. The government will know that. So determining what the social security is, whether you take your own, whether you take your ex-spouse's, when to take that could have also an impact on how that works for your retirement. Okay. So I, you've covered social security before. You've covered it multiple times on, on different podcasts beautifully, really did a deep dive. And from my memory, if a spouse dies and you're still married, you can take theirs if it's more than yours, right? Correct. So in a divorce situation, you're married more than 10 years, your spouse dies, you still can collect theirs, correct? Correct. Whether they okay. die, or whether they don't die, you still can collect theirs if you're married more than, if you're married more than 10 years. What if they so remarried, Larry? Doesn't make a so if you remarry, that's if, the, if they remarry, it doesn't make a difference. If your ex spouse remarries, it doesn't make a difference. If you remarry, it, it could make a difference. So if you're remarried before before sixty, it would make a difference. After sixty, you can use the either or. So there are different there are different rules that you want to know about. Yeah. So if you're divorced and you're 59 and a half thinking about getting married and your ex-spouse has got a much bigger social security than your future spouse, you may want to delay that a little bit. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's the romantic stuff, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So Same time around, maybe the, the financial numbers come in a little bit differently. Yeah. So, and there are other different strategies. And again, check out our social security podcast for listening more about it, but really knowing the social security and what the rules are definitely has an impact on your retirement plan. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned, did you say a matrimonial attorney? Is that how you phrased it? It's a, yes. Divorce attorney, matrimonial attorney, maybe a little bit nicer phrasing, <laughs> okay. phrasing of that. So, uh, so that's how I phrased it. Yes. So when you, when you have somebody like that, they, they're going to help you negotiate cash flow. They're going to help you negotiate what that looks like, right? I mean, if, because they have they have to have the well, entire picture. Well, yeah. Well, they're going to go by what the rules are in that state and what if you're receiving or you're going to be paying spousal support. So there's the law of the state. It's not what is going to work for the cash flow retirement. It's what's going to work for what is the law is going to be, and then even if it's not the laws, what both spouses are going to be comfortable with. And that's why some get settled easier. Others go into litigation in order to get, in order to get settled. So, uh, so it's not just really what the cash flow is. The attorneys will kind of look and how do you split up the assets? How do you split up the income streams? And good attorneys will want to obviously protect your protect yourself to make sure that you're getting what, what what you're entitled to either way from a cash flow standpoint but they're not going to look at well how does that impact this person's retirement that's the not, that they don't they're not really looking at they may question it but that's when we come in and able to to do some retirement 
projections and having, like I said before, like in the example I said before, knowing either during negotiations of the retirement, that would be great. A lot of times we don't get called in to do some of that analysis until it's been finalized. So now it's been finalized. Now we start running the numbers and saying, okay, this is what, what it is. Now, how are we going to put a game plan together? How are we going to make this retirement plan work for you? We'll run all the cash flow numbers. We'll know what the tax ramifications are. We'll know what the spousal payments are. We'll know what everything gets split and we'll figure all those, figure all those things out. Okay. Well, I, I can't think of any more questions that I personally have, Larry, but what other information does the audience need to know? Yeah, so, so we've pre pre prepared a uh, little report on the 10 critical steps to take after getting divorced. And you can go into our website. There'll be a little link on the, on the bottom here where you can go right into our website and download that report. And it'll cover some of these and a few others. And of course, if they want to reach out to us and contact us, they can go to our website, hellowealthmanagement.com, or feel free to give the office 631-248-3600 a call, and we can schedule a time to speak. All right. Larry, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. This is a, not the most fun topic, but really, really important because last I heard, the divorce rate is pretty high still. Uh, absolutely. And the divorce rate for over 50 is even higher. Oh, yeah, it's growing. It's going. It's the largest area of divorce is oh, uh, is is over fifty. Yes. So unfortunately, that's happening, and you want to be prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Larry, thank you for your time. Uh, thanks, Eric. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it really easy to share this with your friends and family. And if you've got somebody who you think is going through this or may go through this, this is a great podcast to give them because they need to know this information. You don't want to go into something like this unequipped and Larry and his team can definitely help. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hello Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.